Welcome to Hymn Talk, a discussion of hymns, music, and singing in the life of the church. I'm Zach DePrima, and with me as always is my brother Alex. Alex, how are we doing? Doing well. Happy to be here. Great. Well, it's the longest book in the Bible. It's the most quoted book in the New Testament, and it's the Psalms, the Psalter. Uh, Alex, what I want us to discuss today is why should we sing Psalms in church? And probably the harder question to answer is, if I'm a church that want to sing psalms, how do I sing psalms? So help me out with this. Yeah. Well, it would be it would be my understanding, it would be our understanding that the Bible does specifically commend the singing of psalms. That that is in Ephesians five, and I believe in Colossians three as well. The word to sing uh, psalms, hymns, and spiritual song songs. And I don't think that's three of the same thing. I, th- I think those are three distinct things. And uh, the psalms are mentioned in particular I think to those audiences receiving those letters they would have thought particularly this is a reference to the Psalter so I, I would commend to churches singing as a matter of the revealed will of God that the Psalms themselves uh, which have been inspired by God recorded for God's people Israel under the Old Testament but God's people the church and the New Covenant are for all of God's people and should be sung in, in some form or fashion and so uh, so I commend psalm singing in, in, in that in that sense and then, the, but the harder question, like you just said, okay, no, no Christian is prejudiced against the Psalms or thinks it's not great mm-hmm, content mm-hmm, in there. Mm-hmm. The question is then, well, well, finding, I guess, musical arrangements of the Psalter that are, 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 are good to sing. Um, and, and that's often the hard thing. I mean, the Psalms, we see the text of the Psalms and they're so great, but for whatever reason, as I look at most Psalters I own, uh, the tunes are often just, just not... Um, they're just disappointing. A wise man once said, it's a shame about the tunes, though. Yeah, it's a shame about the tunes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you read the text of the Psalms, and you think, surely we can do better than this. Mm-hmm. And so, it, I'll, just being frank, it's been very challenging. I was one who's very passionate about wanting, you know, our church to be singing the Psalms. Um, it, it's um, It's been very challenging to find good arrangements of the Psalms. Uh, but they're, they're out there. You just got to do more research. And... Um, and again, I think we're in a, a golden age now. A lot of groups are giving attention to mm. uh, composing arrangements for psalms that either are pretty much verbatim what's in the psalms, or or very close paraphrases of the psalms. So, so you like the psalms. I like the psalms. What, what are what are things that make the psalms so appealing to Christian people to sing? What, why, why is it important that we sing the psalms? What do the psalms provide us? Yeah, the, the Psalms express, I think, the, the range of human emotion in response to mm. God's character and nature and who He is. So you have everything in the Psalms, really almost everything, uh, from joy and gladness to uh, lament to cries for help and, and prayers of petition uh, to, to sort of, sort of uh, uh, spontaneous sort of outbursts of praise to God, just all kinds of stuff. I would commend, as I've, I've mentioned this a number of times in sermons, the, the first page or two, I think it's of uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones's book. It's called On Spiritual Depression. Mm. You don't have to be depressed to profit from that book. Mm-hmm. But he comments on, on the utility of the Psalter in Christian experience mm. in the first couple pages of that book. The whole book's wonderful. first couple pages are so helpful in just commending the Psalms for, for use in the spiritual uh, life, Christian life. 
And so, uh, so that's before we talk about tunes and how to do songs. What do you think are some maybe challenges or objections people might have to singing psalms? If you can think about it. Yeah, uh, one would be, again, I don't think anyone's prejudiced against the psalms. Like, oh, we really, I've never heard anybody say, you really should not sing psalms right, in worship. Right. Um, but I think one of the reasons many people don't is because there aren't a lot of good, solid congregational mm-hmm. arrangements that are musically edifying. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I think that's probably the number one reason why people don't sing often from the, the Psalter in the broader evangelical yeah. world. Uh, I think also, too, I think I've heard it argued against exclusive psalm singing. So there, there are a lot of groups that will only sing psalms in their worship service. Which we are decidedly we're, not. Yeah, we're not that at all. But but groups that do that, an argument I hear against those groups is that psalms themselves make no specific reference to the Lord Jesus. Hmm. Uh, and so you can sing the entire Psalter and miss out on a number of New Covenant uh, uh, revelations, ideas, themes, mm-hmm. and to some degree that's true. But Jesus is all over the Psalms, just not not by the name we know. Well, well, quick excursus on that. One of my favorite books is a book by Brian Chapel called Christ Centered Worship. Mm-hmm. Excellent book. We're all striving for Christ centered worship. How can our worship be Christ centered if Christ is not mentioned in our songs? Yeah, I, I just think to any good, um, not any good. The best arrangements of psalms, because so many of the psalms are messianic in their theme, where, where literally they're either taking literally to to the psalmist is taking the words of Jesus in his own mouth, or it's referring to the coming son of David or something like that. They're very much Christological, and so the gospel is communicated in the psalms mm. in a number of places. But, so, but, so, some, but some of the psalms we sing will just be straight. Yes. verse by verse and you won't have Jesus met and not all not all psalms are messianic I mean my, that's my view no, of course, no I think you're right <laughs> yeah but I, I wouldn't say every song and every service has to mention Jesus name mm. specifically mm-hmm. we sing lots of songs where the Lord Jesus' name is actually never mentioned um, but for example I, I understand Psalm 23 uh, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want I believe that's in many ways a reference to the Lord Jesus, who is the great revealed to us as the great shepherd mm. in uh, in John 10. So, um, but I think there's a way those who arrange psalms can actually kind of make that more explicit sometimes. Yeah, so as, as we talk, there might be kind of two categories of psalms we have in mind. There's traditional psalters, which essentially just take psalms, any psalm, and verse by verse, they just write it in English in a way that rhymes. But they're taking and it, and it doesn't always rhyme. But yeah, they, then they're but they're taking the precise content of the psalms. We want to commend that practice. Oh yeah. But also the practice of um, maybe thematically adapting a psalm. Yeah, I think Keith and Kristen Getty have uh, an arrangement of Psalm 130 mm. that takes some liberties with the text. It captures the basic sentiment mm-hmm. of the text but then tries to draw in on some New Covenant material, New Testament material. Uh, Matt Papa and Matt Boswell, I think, have an arrangement of Psalm 42. Lord from Sorrows, Deep I Call. Yeah, that's not... uh, Lord from Sorrows, Deep I Call, Psalm 42. They're not taking the exact text of Psalm 42, Mm -hmm. but going sort of idea by idea, Mm -hmm. and, and they're willing to draw, to pull in some New Testament language, New Testament ideas. In our book, we're counting that as singing a psalm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, generally. <laughs> Though I would commend trying to sing 
literally verbatim what the psalm's saying yeah. in a format that rhymes or, or whatever. But, 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 but let me say this, I think, um, uh, oh, well, the idea just escaped me, so maybe. So back to the question of, of, um, of singing, why some people object to psalms, why some people might have. What, one thing I hear that's just more of a, it's, it's kind of an argument against a lot of the content of the psalms. So many of the psalms are, um, I don't want to say triumphalist, or, but they're so binary in mm. separating good from the wicked. And mm-hmm. Lord, bless me because I'm, <laughs> I'm your anointed or I'm, your, I'm part of your people. And Lord, rain down your wrath on the wicked. And I'm not talking about imprecatory psalms. Okay. But I, I think some people forget. I think sometimes when people read the psalms and they read David say, says, you know, his idealistic language, it, they kind of feel like a phony as they're singing those things. Okay. And I think what's often forgotten is singing just in and of itself, it, it has a self-commissive component to it. And what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is as we're singing the truths, we are committing ourselves to the reality of the truth sung. Yes. So when I sing, for example, the song, All I Have is Christ, Hallelujah, All I Have is Christ, Hallelujah, Jesus is my life. I might be in sin when I sing that song. I might have just had an argument with my wife. I might I might not be in a place where, man, I, I just, is Jesus really all my life? Well, part of singing that truth is committing myself to that reality. Yes, that okay. surely as I'm a believer and follower of Christ, Jesus is everything to me. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Well, when we sing psalms, when I, when I say the Lord is my shepherd, or when, when we sing psalms that are just really... Uh, I, I mean, I'm using the word idealistic, but are just, just. What, 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 are you talking about like Lord vindicate me according to my vindicate righteousness. me according to my righteousness? Yeah. Uh, I think a Psalm one one forty six that we sing, um, Hallelujah, praise Jehovah, um, where we're identifying with the righteous, you know, yes, things yes, like yes. that. Well, we want to be righteous. <laughs> we want to be on God's team. We want to commit ourselves to these yes. truths that are sung. And I think some people, why sometimes it's difficult singing the Psalms is. Man, we, we find so much solidarity with the world. Mm-hmm. And not I'm not saying that in a terrible way, but we just we're we're in the world, we're 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 living day-to-day life that the uh, prototype that the Psalms call us to are uncomfortable for us to sing sometimes. Yeah. And I'm suggesting that's all the more reason to sing the truths in the Psalms. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying and, and I would agree completely. Yeah. 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 Any other objections or anything that makes psalms difficult before we talk about how or ways we can sing some good psalms? I think a mistaken understanding of the connection between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, that's a vast subject. Mm. But I think I think there are some who would, would, would be so so bold as to say that some of the psalms, the material of the psalms, are irrelevant for us now. Again, I don't hear lots of people saying that, but they think I shouldn't sing on this particular topic or that particular topic. And um, but I do believe the Psalms are the they're 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 in some ways the the, the praise and prayer and life book of of the Christian, hmm. and um, it's just learning to read the Psalms correctly as they're meant to be read. Another thing that comes to mind, you know, so many of the Psalms are lament. Hmm? So so many of the Psalms, um, even some of the Messianic Psalms, hmm. uh, or, uh, or so we we talked about Psalm forty two a moment ago. Hmm. My soul, why are you cast down? Um, we think of entering God's um, house with joy and with praise, 
and with gladness. Mm-hmm. Is it appropriate for God's people to sing with sorrow or to sing with, you know, in a minor key or in some way in a lamenting posture? Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah, there's an entire book in Lamentations that is a lament. Many of the Psalms are lament, and the posture of lamentation is commended by God in a number of places. Better to go to the house of mourning, house of sorrow. Um, and uh, you know, the, the statement from Jesus about this compares his generation. You know, we played a, uh, the flute for you and you did not dance. We played a dirge and you did not weep. There are absolutely times in which the posture of God's people should be one of lament. I'm not saying every service should feature that. I'm not saying you should schedule it or something like that. There are times of national tragedy. There are times of tragedy in the life of a particular church. There's times where corporate repentance is necessary. There's times where sorrow over sin should be profiled. Um, uh, sorrow over the um, atrocities and, and, and pain and suffering that are mm-hmm. present in the world. That's all appropriate. It's expressed in the Psalms. It's expressed on the lips of Jesus himself and some of his uh, uh, petitions and, or, or prayers to, to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so no, I don't think, I think we make a mistake mm-hmm. if we, we, we can legitimately be in, accused of a sort of happy, clappy, triumphalistic Christian life mm-hmm. if we aren't honest about the sorrows of God's people that are a necessary part of the Christian life mm-hmm. and should find expression. Psalm 42 is the most wonderful expression, a wonderful example in my mind, because you do get to, why are you cast down, my soul? You, you, you lament and, and you recognize you're in the pit and you're in despair. Why are you cast down, my soul? Uh, uh, hope in God. You, you, you realize you're meant to come out of this place of lament and, and, and find your hope in the Lord. And so I think that's, that's a wonderful way to... Yeah. So what are things we're doing right now to, to find good psalms to sing? What, uh, what are things a pastor or a song leader can do? Yeah, personally, I've done everything from read the Psalters that are in my personal library to uh, posting on Facebook Hey, my church is trying to sing more psalms. Anybody have any good psalms you're singing in mm-hmm. your churches that, that seem to work, that, that are not stodgy and stilted, but they're helpful and they're edifying? And um, so, so we get really scrappy with, with finding. finding. I'll, I'll search on blogs. I'll literally Google good psalms to sing mm-hmm. in your church or something mm-hmm. like that. A podcast like this, if you can, <coughs> if you can find such a gem among the wealth of podcasts that are out there, I'd utilize it. Um, but yeah, I just get scrappy and trying to find yeah, it. Yeah, and, and again, we're a work in progress, so we, we'd appreciate any feedback you have with, with finding good psalms. We probably, as a church right now, we have we we probably have 115 or 120 songs in our catalog that we've sung. Songs in yeah, our catalog. Songs that we have sung on a Sunday morning. Yes. And that we and we're a young church. That, that is, Ten years from now, that number should be far higher. We, we'd love for that to be you know a couple hundred. Uh, psalms right now, we probably have eight or nine psalms that we've sing that we've sung in church. I'd love for I'd love to see that eventually be twenty twenty five. Yeah, what well, one way I'd recommend if you're looking for you you want to sing psalms in your church, pick pick a biggie, like Psalm twenty three, mm. and just search for that psalm. Mm. 
uh, search for a good arrangement of that psalm you want to sing so badly. And I, I found when I've done that, I usually come up with something. Yeah. In the case of Psalm 23, there, there's several arrangements out there. Oh, yeah. Stuart, Stuart Townend has one that he wrote about 20 years ago. Uh, we've landed on just a traditional tune. Uh, actually, the tune to How Sweet and Awful is the Place. Yeah. And the, the arrangement we have is the king, no, the king of Love My Shepherd Is. Yeah, and, and I'll just be, be uh, obnoxious for a moment. That is by far the best version of Psalm 23 out there. <laughs> and every church should be singing it. The King of Love, My Shepherd Is. I don't have the tune in front of me. It's the tune, uh, often this hymn, How Sweet and Awful is the Place of Song to It. It's the King of Love, My Shepherd Is. Beautiful, beautiful arrangement. And a good example of showing the redemptive theme of the song and bringing Christ oh, into it yeah. as well. So. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> other thing, other things we've done. Um, some, something, something I've been doing more of lately is, yeah, taking a psalter, and some psalters will do this for you. But if you if you go to the meter section, and this is if if you if you know how meters work and hymns work, find a tune that you know your church loves and that your church can sing really well, and then find a meter of a psalm and mm-hmm. and match the two up. Yes. So you might find the, the hymn, Oh, Four Thousand Tongues, that tune by Charles Wesley. Everybody knows, Oh, Four Thousand, it's simple to sing. Well, find a psalm, a, 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 a good psalm to match that with. Because mm. it, it's such a common meter. And this is one of the values of hymns is that they're replicable, they're congregational, the tunes are easy to follow, that they can be used with different words. So mm-hmm. that's something, in fact, the, the psalm we're about to discuss is uh, when we did that for. Else, let's discuss a hymn. Uh, the hymn a is psalm. a psalm, excuse me, Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is one of the, again, as Alex said, it's a biggie. Uh, Psalm 51. Alex, what's going on in Psalm 51? It's David's prayer of, of uh, confession, repentance, contrition after his the whole episode with Bathsheba and um, uh, the uh, murder of her husband uh, Uriah and he's 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 penitent in the, in that psalm and that's the great expression of his repentance yeah so so psalm 51 is basically the record of David David's repentance yes. it's him speaking in the first person um, Psalm 32, which is describing the similar experience, is kind of David, kind of outside of his body, describing the experience of confession. Yeah, well, I believe it's describing the same experience. It's describing the same experience, but it, it's from a from a different voice. Yeah, right. So Psalm 51, why, why it's taken a, a special place in uh, our church's life, is a very important part of our service. Is we have a prayer of confession, and uh, we just believe it's healthy. And it's appropriate, and we see biblical precedent for God's people when they gather to confess sin openly. And I'm not talking about accountability or you know one person saying all the sins he committed that week, but just as a church before God confessing our sin together. Uh, Lord, and, and, and in, in our context, that takes the form of usually a man leading us in prayer, and, and might rather than listing a lot of specific sins individuals have committed listing a lot of general sins that we all have committed connected to pride or, or lust or bitterness or, or what have you. Mm. And we together say the amen that this is an expression of, of our hearts. Mm. And, if, and if we can get on our soapbox for a second, uh, this has just been a deeply edifying part of our worship. Mm. People, um, I would say this is a valuable thing for lost people to see. 
Hmm. Too often, you know, Christian people, they, they get branded, rightly or wrongly, as self-righteous, as people think that they figure life out and that, that they got everything, they got everything figured out. Well, what a prayer confession shows is that, A, you know, Christians, they're in progress. And we are people that are, we're not fundamentally just saints and righteous people. We are sinners saved by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And it's not one moment that we change and got it all right, but we're still daily in need of God's grace. Mm -hmm. And it's good, we found just for lost people to see that, again, back to, you know, we don't want to show them just a toothy smile or any sort of uh, glib portrait of the Christian life. Uh, something like confession and public confession in your church can, can help a ton with that. Well, what accompanies that really well is this psalm that we sing, Psalm 51, which is, um, you know, Psalm 51, I think, has 17 verses. Uh, and if you looked up in a Psalter, you could find 17 verses of that uh, in a Psalter. We sing about seven of them. Mm-hmm. And we just picked out the seven that make the most sense. You know, Psalm 51 references bowls being offered as a sacrifice. We don't really need to sing that as New Covenant people anymore, so we drop that verse. Uh, but the opening verse says, O God, according to thy grace, be merciful to me, and thy abounding love blot out all my iniquity. The second verse is, O wash me wholly from my guilt, and make me clean within. For my transgressions I confess, I ever see my sin. Uh, brothers and sisters, if you're if you're listening to this, this psalm just does so well to make you hate sin, and make you hate sin, and make you love God, our Redeemer, the one who, through whom we receive grace, make you love and appreciate Christ more. Mm-hmm. And there's not a better thing that that uh, a psalm can do. Well, I've even talked about the tune. This is just the text that we read. Uh, Alex and I really fell in love with the words, um, which isn't hard because it's scripture. Uh, and we just went through tunes that, that are well-known, that w- people could um, would, would find easy to follow. And we found, hey, these words go right with the tune to Alas, and Did the Savior Bleed. If you know that song, Alas, and did my Savior bleed. And it works just perfectly. That psalm, or that hymn, is already a hymn where um, that's about, uh, it's a Lord's Supper hymn. It's a hymn about uh, the passion of the Christ. And this one, which is about confession and lament, uh, just works super well mm. uh, and is a perfect wedding of, of, of lyrics and music. Uh, and we've found it just to be a blessing in our church. Alex, you got any thoughts or favorite lines or things you appreciate about this song? No, I, I think that the tune is very well suited um, in terms of the way what, what that tune evokes, at least when I sing it, I think it very well matches the words themselves, because it, in some way that tune has a lament element to it, but also there's a lot of expectation and a lot of hope, at least in the way that tune hits my ears, and it fits well. I mean, I mean, David is saying, restore to me the joy of my salvation. He's hungering and pining after a restoration of relationship with God that he feels he's not sensing in the same way he used to before he was living in you know, willful sin against God. And so it seems, seems very appropriate. And again, if, 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 um, if I as a pastor can organize a service in which we're putting words in people's mouths, there's never a time, I think, when we can't say uh, the words of, of Psalm 51. So it's just so, it's, it's perennially appropriate mm. um, to, to sing that song. Mm. You know. mm. 
Alex, any other thoughts on Psalm 51 or, or confession or even Psalms generally? Uh, no, I, I think, I, think uh, I would just encourage pastors and song leaders to be thoughtful uh, and re, uh, resourceful in trying to find psalms that your church could sing. Don't, don't set lofty objectives. Like we said a moment ago, we'd love to have 20 or 30 psalms. We're growing into that. Literally, just find one, just find two that you can introduce. And, and if you just added a couple every year, mm. uh, after a while, you'll have a healthy repertoire of, of 20 to 25 psalms that your church sings regularly. And, um, and I just think it should be part of the church's musical canon to be able to sing uh, the inspired words of uh, the psalms themselves back to God in praise, worship, petition, lament, etc. And so I, I just commend the practice to you. Well, friends, we're out of time. Alex.